Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello. Telling everybody everything September 30th book publication date, and you won't believe it, my audiobook has more pre-orders than any audiobook that my team has ever promoted. I don't know the exact numbers, I don't get involved in the mathematics, but everyone's super happy with me and that makes me super happy with you. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that because I don't like letting people down and I wouldn't let you down with the book. I promise that I am genuinely proud of it. I think it is informative. I think it's funny. I think it will help you to live a better, more audacious lifestyle and there is a 30-minute, basically extra book, DVD commentary from my mother, Julie McCarthy, at the end. And I have yet to listen to this. So, I mean, I don't get to listen to it till tomorrow. I could listen to it. She sent me the chapters on Google Drive, um, but I don't know how to get into that. Honestly, I'm puzzled. And I'm very fucking busy. And I just said, you know what, Mom? I don't like to be edited. I really hate it. I don't want anybody telling me how to articulate myself. This is one of my faults, but I mean, I don't like it and I'm not going to do it to my mother. I think whatever my mom says at the end of my book, you can tell that those are her words. I want them to be authentic. This is part of the lesson, you know, that I'm trying to teach anyone who wants to uh, devour my novel. It's not a novel, memoir. Um, And my mother, it's like, don't always ask for permission. I said, do the extra content. There you go. The people are absolutely gagging for it. Do the extra content. And then she's like, well, I want to make sure you like it. I don't know. Look, submit it. Believe in it. Shut up. And we don't say shut up in my house, by the way. We never said it growing up, but I've said it now in sort of a playful, ironic manner. I can't wait to hear it. The chapters, (laughs) my mom has little like sections, chapters echoing some of my chapters she's got some about body image some about boyfriends I hope you know I think it's reacting to some of my boyfriends my mom had to get a therapist just like for dealing with the trauma she experienced just knowing I was dating one of the men in my past um maybe she's included some things about her own boyfriends who knows as far as I'm concerned she's only banged my dad isn't that funny how you believe that growing up I remember Maybe kids are more clued in now, but in the early 90s, my girlfriends and I were like, 
all obsessed with virginity, learning about virginity. And someone once said, well, at least I know, Caitlin said it, my friend Caitlin goes, well, at least I know my parents only had sex once after I was alive because I only have my brother. But your parents had sex twice while you were alive because you have two sisters. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, our parents, who knows? My parents didn't like each other, so I don't know about your parents. Look, hopefully all is revealed in my mom's section of the audiobook. My mom has read my book. My mom read it before, obviously contributing her section of the audiobook, so it's bound to be spicy. Um, Another spicy incident involving the book was my PR just randomly texted me yesterday. She's like, oh, someone from a tabloid newspaper is going to call you when you get in the car on the way to your event at 5.30. And I was like, yeah, 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 because I'm very used to just saying yes. Yes, okay, yes, I'll do whatever. Yes, yes. And the gentleman called me in the car, and right away I was like, oh, God, I'm so scared because he started asking the spiciest questions, questions about sort of the identity of one of the men I mentioned in the book, which is obscured for a reason. Like, you don't want to know these people. And at the end of the chapter, I say he's dead anyway. And the guy's like, is he really dead? I'm like, dead to me. So don't dig him up. Don't call the demon into the room. It's a mistake. And my sister actually read the book today. And she said, why did you obscure that one guy? Like, we can't, you didn't say his name. And I was like, well, she said, it's not, he should be exposed for being such an asshole. And I was like, no, he definitely shouldn't because that would be great for him. He would love it. And I hope that you take this on board in your own lives. If you have someone who's done you wrong, if you have someone who's toxic in your life, even if it's not their fault, you know, sometimes it's not even someone's fault. You get into a dalliance. I was once in a dalliance that I found was toxic for us both. We weren't bad people. Neither of us was doing anything wrong, but it was just not right. And we don't talk anymore because it's just, you don't need to. You don't need to, and you don't need to expose people. And I have learned through years of stand-up comedy how to tell my central truth without really implicating anybody else because you don't need to. So she's like, you should have exposed him. And I said, no, wrong, absolutely not. Can you imagine the hell I would go through drudging that up? Um, And then I had a girlfriend today actually message me in the car. I'm always in the car. Not my car. There's no petrol. Fucking walked to the one show yesterday. What is happening with this orchestrated, manufactured chaos? I don't like it. You know, first it's like, snitch on your neighbor. Tell us if your neighbor's doing anything wrong, having his mother over, God forbid, hosting a BBQ in the garden. Call the police. That is really wrong. Like, fundamentally, that's wrong. All you have is your community and your family and your neighbors. Do not snitch on your neighbors. I was filming in a different city in like a school and there are signs. All right. It was Birmingham, the jewelry school and filming all the glitters. I don't keep secrets well. And there are signs around the school that's like use the notify app to let us know if you get any dodgy COVID info about anyone. And it's like, no, if you get any dodgy COVID info about anyone, you have a chat with them and you go, look, you shouldn't be going out and about with the vid. You need to isolate. It's really not right what you're doing. I'm going to stay away from you. You're acting like a dick. And then you live your life. You don't go, I'm going to download the Notify app and snitch on my classmate. Like, fuck off. Who are you? 
So first, we're encouraged to snitch on everyone we know and love and distance ourselves from them and lose contact and be isolated. And then we're encouraged to panic by all this food because, oh my gosh, we're going into lockdown again. Get all the loo roll you need because apparently COVID, well, actually you do kind of get IBS with COVID. There is a gastrointestinal you know, element to it, I can tell you. And then it's like, oh, and also because of Brexit, there's no lettuce. So you need to get all the lettuce. And now actually, there's also a petrol shortage. So panic by that petrol and everyone queue up. It's not even about the petrol. Now you can't even use the roads because people are blocking the roads because they're happy to wait. Like, what's going on in your life that you can wait at a shell station for like three hours with a bin bag that you plan to fill with petrol? Ugh. People, and I don't even blame people. This is the thing. We're supposed to turn on each other and go, oh my gosh, did you see Sally is so stupid because she thinks she needs all this petrol and she's not even an emergency worker and why doesn't she just take the bus for a week? I fucking hate Sally. Well, that is playing right into their hands. We can't turn on each other. If there were adequate resources in this country, which there should be, which there are not, then people wouldn't have an impulse to panic buy. And I appeared on the one show the other night, and it was a wonderful time, but there was a scientist on there. No, he wasn't a scientist. He was a psychologist, which is a type of pseudoscience. <laughs> and he, his job, I forget his name, so I do apologize. His job was to advise the government. So I was like, whoa, I perked my ears up to listen what this piece of shit had to say. <laughs> He's probably a nice man, but I was like, what a job. And he was saying, oh no, stop using the word panic buy because actually what people are doing is they're being very sensible. Because if you are told, oh, your neighbor is hoarding this and your neighbor is going to take all of that, then it's actually not panicking. It's very sensible to go, oh, well, there's going to be none left. I need some too. And that kind of, it made for a good psychological argument, but I don't trust that man. And I'm sorry, if you are him or his wife or his family, maybe he's a nice guy, but who the fuck trusts someone who advises the government about like the psychology of the people? Why don't you start these boys from scratch and be like, hi, hi, graduates of Eton College, rich little boys who've never had a real life. I'm going to teach you about humans. Step one, they know how many kids they have. Step two, they don't have 40 mistresses. Step three, they don't exist in a Spartan environment of boys only ripped from their parents at age seven where they have to fight for supremacy. Step, I don't know what step I'm at, but like leadership is psychotic. That's what I would do if I was a psychologist advising the government. So where was I? Petrol shortage. I was in the car on my way to promote the audacity. And thank you so much. If you have pre-ordered it, if you haven't, it's out now. It's out now. So just please buy it. It just makes me look like not a failure. And I know that you'll enjoy it. You've never heard me hype anything else this hard. I'm not even like, please come see me on tour. I could be doing that. My tour starts next Wednesday. But it's the book that I really believe that you'll enjoy. And I think it will help you with your life, especially if you listen to this podcast because you're already on the same page as, you know, the kind of stuff that's in the book. You know me. You know me for who I am. I'm in the car. My girlfriend texts me, oh, my ex-boyfriend from six months ago just sent me a WhatsApp. And I felt like telling the driver, 
to slam on the brakes. I was like, you better not have replied to him. The best thing that you can do is leave that bitch on red for the rest of his life. And I know you, I know this friend, it would be in her character to write back and be like, oh, hey, hi, thanks for the message. You were a massive asshole to me, but you know, just hope you're doing well, really sending you love and light and, you know, acting like you don't care. I mean, and she probably doesn't care anymore, but this over niceness is nuts. You don't need to go there. You don't owe anyone pleasantries. You don't owe someone, especially someone who broke up with you in the fashion that he broke up with her six months ago. And I can't go into any more details because I don't want anyone guessing who it is. But he basically behaved like a loser. And when someone walks out of your life, you let them go. Did you hear that? When someone chooses to walk out of your life, let them go. But Catherine, didn't Bobby break up with you when you were saying, irrelevant, he was a child, there was a 20-year gap, that's very different. If as an adult, six months ago, Bobby walked away from me, you can bet your sweet ass that he would never hear my voice again. Well, I mean, he could download the podcast, but he would never receive any type of acknowledgement from me ever again in his life. And that's not being mean. It's just you do have to set boundaries and protect yourself. So I threatened this friend. I was like, you better not. Do not reply. Nothing. Nothing nice. Nothing. Thanks for the text. No. I said, screen grab this text and send it to me now. And she did. And I cannot tell you what the text said. It was was the most perfect last text to receive from him. It was just so corny. And I'm going to have it made into some type of tapestry art for her to hang on the wall. Because that's it. She's won. She's won. She was hurt six months ago. And just with one simple text, he has lost whatever like upper hand or status or power he thought that he had. He's just sent the corniest message. I don't know if he was drunk. I don't know what he was thinking. But it was shameful and uh, really lame. Really lame. And now she has that. Just fold that up, stick that in your back pocket, move on with your life. So I hope that all of you out there are receiving texts from your exes and you are ignoring them. Leave them on red. When someone walks out of your life, let them go. We've had some busy, busy times over at the Kutstra Ryan house. Violet is right back into the swing of things at school, and we are so proud of her. She's doing loads of athletics, extracurriculars, theater this year, and God bless the school for offering those things once again. Can't wait to see how the mental health of the pandemic children plays out over the forthcoming decade, 25 years, century, we'll see. But I mean, I'm so glad that some things are back. We've been busy in the house. Um, I was really on a roll with Fred when he was small. I was working when he was 10 days old. I had no choice really but to get back into the swing of things. And then the vid. I caught COVID. Bobby caught COVID. The children did not get COVID. We tested them. For some reason, they are impervious. That's great news. Thanks, COVID. Um, It wasn't that bad for us. I mean, if you're double vaxxed, you can absolutely still get it, but they say that it will make it less severe. Great. It's like a really bad flu. And I've talked to lots of people who had it, and um, most did not have long-term symptoms. I got better very quickly, and I felt re-energized, even though while I had COVID, I was so tired. 
and now I'm tired again, like really tired. I wake up tired, which is weird. And I drink coffee and I'm still tired and I can have a nap and wake up from that tired. And I can't tell when you have a newborn, it's like, do I have long COVID or do I have a newborn? I am knackered, cream crackered. We have a, a nanny one day a week, Carol, I've mentioned her before, which is difficult for me because even one day a week, I mean, I'm the kind of person, I'm very hands-on, I would like to raise my son myself and I don't like help. I'm learning this in my life. I don't like any collaboration or any help and sometimes, Catherine, you just have to put down your control issues and let people help you. Carol's a genius, but we don't really understand that much about Cockney slang. And she was like, oh, every time I say Fred is cream crackheads. And I was like, huh? Bobby's like, is she being racist? I was like, can't be racist against uh, white people, Bobby, because there's no structure of prejudice against us. But no, it means knackered. Cockney slang, cream crackered, knackered, tired. I do a lot of jobs, but I'm actually a nightmare on my jobs because I bring these hideous breast pumps everywhere I go and I'm constantly extracting juice from my body and pouring it into bags and demanding all this ice on set and just like chilling my milks. And then the other day I was sleeping under a table in a foyer on location where we were filming. And my makeup artist, Fiona, was, you know, Fiona, um, thanks for sending no good men her way. BT dub but she's like you can't be sleeping under the table this looks weird and I was like well I'm tired and I want to be close to the action because I don't know I might be called to uh, dive in and do something so I'm not going to my dressing room I'll just sleep under this table like a toddler at a wedding but anyway Bobby had some good friends visiting from Canada they were traveling around and they decided to stop into London Megan and Will and we were going to the red carpet for The Last Jewel. It's an amazing movie starring Jodie Comer, Ben Affleck, mm, Matt Damon. If you can see it and you don't mind war and violence, then you will really love it. But I mean, I found some of it a little bit graphic. I'm scared of violence, though, in war. Otherwise, excellent movie. And there's a real female empowerment theme. We loved it. After the film, though, holy smokes, we went for cocktails. This was a mistake. I can't have cocktails. I mean, my son is 15 weeks old. I was pregnant for 18 months before he was born. I don't give me a drink. I mean, do give me one drink. Don't give me martinis, uh, margaritas and white wines. I went to this Turkish restaurant in Leicester Square because I'd been there loads of times before when I had a residency at the Garrick, if you know London, if you know Leicester Square, you know what I mean. I don't know the name of the restaurant, but they have sheesh and lovely outside tables with heaters and blankets, that kind of vibe. And they have a delish chicken soup, my favorite soup probably in the world. And I just made a beeline for there. I'm like, we're going to get soup. I went and I ordered the soup, but of course they were out because like I said, it's the most delicious food in the world. And I said, oh, all right, well, I'll have a different soup, maybe lentil soup. No criticism of the wait staff, but they just kind of forgot about that. Didn't bring me lentil soup ever. But instead, they were so welcoming. They recognized me from like comedy. They brought over tequila shots. We were taking photos. I was meeting loads of other people in the restaurant. I met these guys from Liverpool, these men, you know, not in a sexy way. They were married men, but they were doing a trade show for like commercial kitchen equipment uh, at the Excel Center, Stand C3, I remember. And they were like, oh, um, this is what we're up to. And I was like, what's your Instagram? They didn't have Instagram, those kinds of, you know, boomers. And uh, 
I was like, well, then give me your number. So I exchanged phone numbers with these guys from Liverpool. I am so friendly when I'm drinking. So friendly. You know how some people can be mean drunks? You don't want to be around them. Equally, I am a disaster because I'll get invited to like 30 weddings when I'm drunk and I'll wake up in the morning with 10 best friends in my phone. These are checks I can't cash. I can't actually hang out with anyone. I can barely get my podcast out in time. So of course I wake up in the morning. I got texts from the guys from Liverpool. They're like, you coming to the Excel Center? No, I don't need any commercial kitchen solutions. I was so drunk. I mean, I don't want to use the word drunk. I'm never sloppy, but I mean, I was tipsy and don't remember everything. That What do you call that? I was over the limit. And yes, this is the night that we had Carol, so it was all good with Fred. But I mean, whew, I posted the same organic post to Instagram four hours apart. It was a picture of Bobby and me. I posted it around 10 p.m. And then I forgot that I posted it. And then again at 2 a.m. when I was going to bed, I posted it once more with a different caption. And I woke up in the morning, well, four hours later when it's my morning with Fred, 6 a.m. And I see, oh, oh, Catherine, that is a dead giveaway. So I'm at a real energy deficit. But still, I'm glad that people are going out. People are taking precautions, you know, but they're like out and it just feels so good. And sometimes we overdo it. So if you have an event planned, just be careful, like be aware that we have not been let out into the world for a very long time. And if you get too excited and you overdo it, you're going to number one, make friends from Liverpool. That was a fun bit. But number two, you might spend the next 48 hours just feeling like garbage, I mean, and we just can't stop. We can't stop it moving. We got a lot going on. In celebrity news, lots of people have been asking me for my reaction to a few things. Number one, Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. That was cute at first, and now they're running around Italy. They're on yachts with loads of PDA. They've got their tongues down each other's throats on the red carpet. What the fuck is going on? And you know, I'll tell you, I think Kourtney has been negatively influenced by Megan Fox. Megan Fox and Kourtney Kardashian, for some reason that I don't understand, appeared together in a Skims ad. This is the undergarment, nightwear, loungewear, whatever that Kim Kardashian peddles. And they both look hot. Courtney and Megan, they got some green acrylic nails and they're wearing their underpants, sort of making out with each other, touching each other up. That looks hot. But Megan Fox is sort of one, an exhibitionist. She parades around more nude than any Kardashian. Uh, What? Catherine, is that possible? Yes, it is. And should we slut shame her? Absolutely not. She looks great. She's dating some guy. I don't know his name. 21 Jump Street. I'm not really interested in him. The guy that she started dating after Brian Austin Green. I don't mind Megan Fox, but I'm not a huge Megan Fox person. Why? Because I don't care about actors. But um, Courtney interests me greatly. And I love that she's in her 40s normalizing sexuality, voracious, you know, PDAs, sexiness, and finding love. Because everyone goes, ew, well, why is she doing this PDA stuff? And yeah, that might not be for you. And I was taken aback when I saw it initially. I mean, their tongues were out, 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 Mickey Flanagan. But I was happy to see it. She deserves love. She deserves joy. I would really be excited to see these two get married and have babies. And I am not a traditionalist that way. I don't think you have to get married and have babies to have a family. But I think Courtney as a member of the Calabasas fertility cult that is the Kardashian sisters, 
I think she wants to have as many kids as she can. And I love Travis Barker. I love that union. He's already got, I think, three kids of his own. She's got three. It's a perfect Brady Bunch, but with navels and tattoos and tongue rings. I like it. I don't care. And I think we see these teens, the whole young people, little Molly Mae with her belly button out, and we go, oh, that's who that's for. Sex is for them. Sex is not for them. If you're having sex in your teens or you're having sex in your even your early 20s, you are probably making a mistake. And I'm sorry to say that to you. It might be a very useful mistake, a very character building. You know, I was having sex at that age, of course, but... Uh, a lot of it w- went very badly for me. <laughs> and uh, when you see 40-year-olds making out, just let them. Let them. Sex doesn't stop with you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Only we can have sex. Who did I think I was when I was a child being like, ew, at least my parents only had sex twice. Ridiculous. Enjoy, Courtney. Enjoy. Lap it up. I just, I like that it's making Scott Disick angry as well. <laughs> he sent a message to her ex, Yunus, and uh, this Yunus, he really impressed me because Scott, who, if you don't know, is the father of Courtney's children, he reached out to Courtney's boyfriend that she had after she finished with Scott, and he was like, oh, did you see this chick, like this PDA around Italy, bro? And Yunus was like, I'm not your bro, and left it at that. And that is basically like leaving Scott on red. Scott Disick, what are you doing? I mean, he's such a charismatic, really obviously smart person who keeps dating teenagers. I think he just ended his relationship with the most recent teenager. I don't know what the hell happened. Maybe she turned 20. Ugh, woof, not interested in him. Good for you, Courtney. The second piece of celeb news that everybody's asking my opinion on is R. Kelly. He was convicted of multiple counts of assault. How do I feel about that? We know how I feel about that. This has been a long time coming. I'm glad to see that finally he's held to some type of accountability. But as we know, with Bill Cosby in the American justice system, uh, like just because he was found guilty, what's going to happen? We have to wait and see whether he's... <laughs> actually brought to any justice, whether these victims, survivors um, get aftercare. I mean, the damage is done, but hopefully he is not able to hurt any other women. And finally, as someone who talks openly about cosmetic tweaks, cosmetic procedures, people are asking me what I make of Linda Evangelista's claim that cool sculpting left her disfigured. So Linda Evangelista, you will know, that's the model who famously said, I don't get out of bed for less than $15,000 or $10,000. I'd like to think it was fifteen. dollars um, She's older now because aging just means you didn't die. What a wonderful privilege it is to get old. And her face is not the same as it was when she was 20. Go figure. And she's saying, oh, I had a cool sculpting procedure that went wrong. Cool sculpting is this device that kind of clamps your fat, crystallizes the fat cells allegedly, like makes them really cold. And then those cells die and that's how your fat goes away. I've never tried cool sculpting. I've seen it around probably for a decade, the better part of a decade. And um, I think I even saw Kris Jenner do it on one episode. Apparently it works, but Linda Evangelista says it actually gave her more fat. It changed things around. I mean, I've seen the photos of her. It's not for me to comment on another woman's face, but I think she looks great. I think she just looks like she got older. 
mostly very naturally. And sometimes we look in the mirror and that could be very jarring to us. Uh, My face got so fat when I was pregnant with Fred because I had to take steroids that now for the first time ever, I actually have a few wrinkles because fat is a beautiful highway for like collagen and um, blood supply. And all of a sudden my face like got bigger and then my face got smaller and I have a little, you know, my neck is not what it once was. And I have a few little crow's feet where I never had them before. And everyone's like, oh, that's because you get Botox. No, I just naturally had like a plump, juicy, youthful face. And invariably, guys, that doesn't last forever. Um, I don't know. I don't think you can sue these people. That's the thing. That's the T. If you decide to get filler injected in your face to give you, you know, a sharper jawline as I have once done or to give you plumper cheeks or to fill out your like under eye tear troughs where you might feel like you have dark circles or to fill in a wrinkle or if you get Botox to relax your muscles, I think you sign your life away. I think, you know, that's a risk. It's a low risk if you go to a good practitioner, but I mean, there's no guarantee that it's going to go right for you. But good for her. I mean, good on her for trying to sue that company. How audacious. But I think she looks great. You know, I'm super excited to open the emails this week. I have missed you. I really do hate when the podcast is even a day late. I can't tell you how hard I tried to be on time. I've been fucking struggling. Struggling. And I mean, I hate to air this dirty laundry before we hear from our sponsors, but just to be very honest with you, I'm fancy and I don't apologize for it. I don't want anyone else to get me food or to get me a hotel or to get me a car. I will pay for all of those things, but I need those things to be at a certain level of uh, niceness, especially when I have my children with me. And this weekend I had to go to work without Bobby because he was occupied. I had to go with Fred and Violet by myself to a different city. And God bless whatever production assistant tried to book me a hotel. I arrived to what I can only describe as a student dormitory, Hindu extravaganza, two star, couldn't put my baby down on any surface, flat. And I arrived there at 2, no, not 2 in the morning, 12.30 a.m. And I spent the night on the bed, on the outside of the bed, did not get under the covers. And at 6 a.m. in the morning, I bundled my family up and we went to the Hyatt. I was like, what the fuck just happened? So, I mean, I've been really up against it. And I don't blame anyone because it was probably someone who was fooled by some pics online. I don't know what happened, but... I'm tired, guys, and I'm sorry that it's late, but I cannot wait to see your emails. So let's listen to these words from our sponsors. They might be a little bit loud. So if you have sleeping people nearby, just turn them down a touch. I don't know why they're loud. And I'll be right back answering your questions, giving you the advice you need. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh-oh, this one is called Lazy Child's Father. Catherine, I have a baby who is now 10 weeks old and absolutely beautiful. I'm very lucky that my baby is a good baby and pretty low maintenance as far as children of this age go. She eats and sleeps really well and is generally a very happy little soul. It's a first baby for both myself and my partner, so lots of learning for us. The problem is, whilst I feel that I have adapted well, my partner has not, as he has yet to do any feeds or nappy changes at all. He will only hold our baby when she's happy, never if she cries, and refuses to look after her alone. If he's holding her and she starts to get grisly, he hands her back to me immediately. At first I thought it was nerves and cut him some slack, but now I think it's just him being lazy. I'm starting to worry as the baby just doesn't settle with him and I worry that they won't have a bond as she starts growing. My partner does work very hard. However, in addition to all the baby stuff, I'm also left still doing every bit of housework, cooking, cleaning, washing, and food shopping in our home. I always did everything pre-baby, but he'd agreed to take on some jobs when the baby arrived. But he never did. Some days, I'm pretty shattered and unsupported. I love my partner, and he's a good guy, but I'm really getting down about his lack of support. When I bring it up to him, he gets very agitated and defensive. What can I do? interesting question to ask me. I think he's scared. And that's not an excuse. I mean, I don't think he's lazy. I don't think he means to disrespect you. I just think he's overwhelmed, just like you're overwhelmed and scared, just like you're scared. But the difference is, you've got stuck in, you have figured it out. And I find from my own experience, that the less you look after your baby, the less you can look after your baby. You know what I mean? So I am the working parent in our household. When I'm at work all day, I am busy and I'm stressed, just like, you know, you say your husband works hard, but I have control over certain things. I'm dealing with adults. I am on a schedule, but I can take tea breaks and I can go to the loo if I want to. And, you know, everything's civilized, apart from the fucking hotel. But, I mean... When you're dealing with a baby, you have such a loss of control. You can't even go to the toilet or have a shower or get a drink. And you can't control if the baby's going to cry. That's a really high pressure, really frustrating situation. And he's just got to get stuck in. He's got to realize that they bond when they go through that stuff together. And I know that's difficult for people. But he's, you've got to just hand him the baby and be like, here you go. I'm getting my nails done. Bye. And he's got to figure it out just like you've had to figure it out. He hands you the baby because you're better at it. Well, you're better at it because you've put the work in. And as a bonus, I think you love a baby more when you look after the baby. When Violet was born, I didn't know who she was. That was a stranger. And I loved her because everyone left me alone with her and we had to get on together. And that's how we've developed a rapport. So, you know, 
he'll 10 weeks is tough i really think bobby as wonderful as he is he has really come into his own with fred more in the last five weeks fred's 15 weeks yesterday and these weeks where fred can actually like hold his head up and do stuff and is a pleasure to be around that is a lot nicer for bobby and i mean i don't know if you don't mind sticking it out a little while longer He's no excuse for not doing the household chores, though. That's bullshit. Bobby does loads to support me. Um, He's got to just do that. Have a chat with him. Not when the baby's crying. Not when it's a high-pressure situation. If you want to get the most success and just be like, I'm changing all the nappies. I'm doing all the feeds. I get that you're overwhelmed, and I would like you to do more of that. But in the meantime, while you're figuring your situation out, hoover the fucking lounge. Another email, and Violet has entered the room. Hi, Violet. Hi. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. Thank you for having me. You can talk a bit louder. Okay. Thank you for having me. No problem. Violet is here because she's going on an exciting excursion with her group of friends at school and she needs some waterproof things. Not my group of friends. I have like with my whole class. Your enemies. And all of your eight and your (laughs) seven. Well, that's what I mean. Your friends. You know, in French school, we didn't say like classmates or peers. We said friends. We said les amis. Les amis. Yeah. Why don't you sit right down so that you're comfortable? Because you're not going to be able to hold that squat for long. You wouldn't believe how much noise people make as podcast guests. And I sit stock still. You hear that already? She's rustling. Sorry. you got to make exactly zero noise. We're reading another email. This one is from a 23, almost 24-year-old woman. She's put that. I'm 23, almost 24. Because you know how, how different it is to be almost 13 versus just turned 12. I already feel bad for her. Why? Because the title is a bleeping heart, a, a bleep, heart, heart bleeping break. Right. I'm 23, almost 24. My boyfriend, ex, as of three days ago, just broke up with me. We were together for four years and it's come as a shock. I know you'll say I'm so young and I'll find someone better, but please, that's what everyone's telling me and I'm sick of hearing it. He's moving to Cardiff. We were living somewhere else and now I'm somewhere else. I'm trying to obscure the details with my parents and I was planning on finding a job where near him so we could be together. So he broke up with me and he said he doesn't think it'll work out. We're so young, we shouldn't be worried about being in a relationship when we're trying to focus on our careers and that he's not sure he sees a future with me. We graduated last year, but he did not give me any prior hints. He was even saying things about me moving sooner to be with him. So it's really hard. I'm surprised and everyone around me is surprised. So please, can you give me a list of things I should do to get over this heartache? Because I have never felt pain like this. Oh, it really is so painful. I'm so bad for her. I am, however, content with his reasoning for doing this, as I can look at the biggest picture, bigger picture, and I hope we can be friends at some point in the future. But please, help me, because I'm uninterested in life without him. I'm not suicidal, but I'm not keen to talk to any other guys. What should she do? I think that maybe she should... I know you're going to hear this all the time. Maybe you should try to forget about him, and maybe you could, like... um start like i know this might be a bit hard but start removing things that make you think about him yeah oh because she was saying that she was planning on moving so maybe you could do some things to like get settled into your home maybe get a few cats no violet (laughs) that is not the advice we need get a few cats that's giving up 
Okay, I have found this iconic email from grandmother. So do you remember when I was dating someone, Violet, and he was like a friend, but I was dating him, and now he's still our friend. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. When we first broke up, it was a shock. He broke up with me, actually, the first time. I didn't know that. Yeah, because we, again, we were living... I told you to break up with him. I know I didn't listen, but... No offense. Well, we weren't right for each other, and that was fine, but he realized Agreed. it sooner than I did, right? So I was sad the first time he broke up with me, and I was just like you, girl who's writing me. I didn't know where to put that sadness. I just felt like, oh my gosh, everything's out of control. I didn't see this coming. I don't know what to do. And I genuinely was walking around Edinburgh, because I was there for the film, the Fringe Festival, and I was thinking about like calling, honestly, the Samaritans, because I was like so sad. What's that? Um, it's a place that you can call when you're really sad and volunteers will talk to you yeah you called your therapist like all day i know i love my therapist i miss great thank you my therapist yeah i miss having problems i gotta talk to her again but i also called grandmother and i was frustrated at the time because i was like none of you can help me like i have outgrown everyone emotionally and no one can say anything to make me feel better and that's a sad feeling when you feel like the biggest person in your family because if you're sad, you would go. You would have lots of people to go to. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had no one to go to. So Violet and I were just hanging out, going to Yo, Yo Sushi every day. Violet, that was great. Violet got a job at Yo Sushi. I did. And I was having one glass of white wine and just crying. But anyway, look what happened. We got through it. I was only mm-hmm. sad for a little while. We briefly got back together. That was a mistake. And then Ugh. we broke up and now we're good friends. So anyway, I found the email that my mother wrote me after I hung up the phone and I was like no one can help me and my mother went away and she thought about it and she wrote me this iconic email and Violet you've never heard this email before I have not only Joanne has heard this email because I forwarded it to her too one time but this is from 2016 August 15th at 3:25 a.m. oh Catherine, I'm so sorry that you feel like we don't know you anymore and you don't know how to be happy. Of course, nobody's happy all the time. I would like to think you're usually pretty happy, but I don't know. I really think to be happy, you need to have purpose, and you do have that. You've said you love what you do for a living, so that really does count for a lot. We spend so much time earning a living. But you can't work every day. The first thing you must do is get Kitty to cut back on booking you for everything. You do need time to yourself, and I can't imagine the pressure that you're under. As for the boy, I think you don't like the idea of him finally accepting that it's over. But do you really miss him for himself? I do think it sort of suited you to have a boyfriend in L.A. because you didn't have to deal with him all the time. But you deserve to have someone who will help you with your life. I know it's not easy to find someone like that who's really right for you. But you deserve someone as wonderful as Anthony who will be there for you. That's our good friend who's a wonderful husband to his wife. Someone who won't try to diminish you or dominate you, but who's also not too needy. I have no idea how you can meet someone like that. But the thing is, you don't have time or energy for a social life. Another reason to insist that your agency stop booking you every day with no end in sight. And you have to stop using the excuse that you are not easy to live with either. No one is easy to live with. So you better damn well really love him to put up with living with a man. We will all have something that's hard to live with or put up with. Which brings me to the wasting two years idea. Because I was saying to to grandmother, but I've wasted this time with him. So I better stay with him. 
Biologically, it takes approximately three years to gestate and raise a baby to toddler stage, i.e. some semblance of independence. So we're kind of hardwired to stick with someone for about three years, hence my three-year rule. If you still feel as though you can't live without someone after three years, then, and only then, it is maybe, no guarantees, okay to buy a house, have a baby with, or marry that person. Three years. So two years with someone is not a waste. There's no other way to get to know someone as if someone's good for you or not, if you are really compatible or if you really love them without that investment. We have to invest time to figure it out. Not a waste. In fact, necessary. Up to three years to know with some degree of certainty. And it's okay to feel sad. Maybe take some time and have a good cry and a chat with Elizabeth, my friend, or whoever you can just spill with and feel fully sad. And soon, you will feel less sad. Sadness is part of life and you can't deny it. Without it, you're numb and not really happy either. So just go through it. So, I really do try not to pry. I'm sorry if that makes it seem as though we don't know you. I know your life is very different from ours, but the fundamental thing in life and who we are are still the same. Maybe I should be more pushy when I try to feel you out and get one word answers. I don't know. Maybe I should come see you more often even if you say no. I think some of the stuff Brené Brown has to say, I don't know who that is, I think stupid people are happier, and since you have been cursed with exceptional intellect, (laughs) happiness, whatever the fuck that actually is, will be more elusive for you. (laughs) I love you so much, please let me come, or maybe I can come when it's time for you to move and I'll help you with that. Isn't grandmother so sweet? She's great. <laughs> I'm going to see her so sad, so sad. Grandmother's coming to visit us on the she 8th of October. She needs to be on this podcast. She's like, she does audiobooks and she's such a cool voice. She is pretty much on this podcast and she gives a half hour at the end of the audiobook. But isn't that a lovely message? And I haven't shared that with anyone, but I think this part resonates the most. It's okay to feel sad. Take some time. Sadness is part of life. You can't deny it. Without it, you are numb and not really happy either. So you know what? Uh, My mom would agree with me, and I'm sorry. I appreciate your email. I know you're sad. I'm not going to tell you just to get over it and find someone else like everyone else has. But it's very natural to be sad um, after this boyfriend of four years broke up with you. So, I mean, I'd say don't make any plans. You don't have to meet someone else. Just be sad for a while. And, Violet, it's okay to be sad, right? Yes. You have anything to add? I know who I'm coming to when I go through a breakup. You and Yay. I thought you were going to say just grandmother. I was like, hey. No, I thought about that. I was like, grandmother. Wait, mum will be outside that. You and grandmother. No one would ever be stupid enough to break up with you. They might. Do you know what? I used to date men, guy. well, not even men, boys, kind of around the time I dated Bobby. Boys that I thought were losers. I would date them on purpose. Do you know why? Why? Because I thought... A loser's never going to break up with me. He's a loser. That's what Penny thought. Really? Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Not a real person. Not a real person. Uh, well, she is a real person. She's called Kaylee. Yeah. But losers will break up with you. Because deep down inside, they know they're losers. Mm-hmm. And um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I haven't really dated anyone. It was just like... Yeah, just I, in the future, I just you mean. I kissed a person once in like... What? Before. Do you want that on the podcast? I don't care. What a revelation. How old was I in your fault? I was like nine. A child. Yeah. I was like nine. So kiss like peck on the cheek at recess? I don't know. I don't really remember. Whoa. Spicy, explosive so info. I can delete that if you want. No, no, no. I don't really care. Well, thank you for sharing. And you know what? That was a long answer. So I think we'll leave it at that. My mother's advice is sound. 
And if you'd like more of that, it is at the end of The Audacity, the audiobook, available right now on Audible. Please go get that. And you might even have credits, so then it's free. Um, Essentially free. I bought one with a credit just to get the sales up. You know me. Um, I'd like to listen to it. I want to see what grandmother had to say. So thank you very much for joining us on Telling Everybody Everything. If you would like to write us a letter, the email address is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you again or like you will hear me again over the weekend for another episode. I won't be late this time. All right, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to bring all my equipment to Birmingham and this will be a podcast from set. And Violet, I booked us in a nice hotel. Woo! Wait, the same one? Not the same Dang one. Dang it! But not the trash one either. There was a Starbucks near it. There's a Starbucks near everything. No, there's not. No, there's I deny that. There's not a Starbucks near our house. I gotta go. Okay, love you guys. Bye! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.